Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Absolutely delighted to be joined here today by none other than Mr. Ro Hancock. How are we going, Nick? Mate, this is it. This is the final stop. You can smell it in the air. The NBA season. Mm. Oh, that fresh, fresh air. Delicious. Tell you what, if you've not been to Tasmania before, it's some of the freshest air in the world. <laughs> so be sure to treat yourself if you ever come down. But please do. On that. It is here. The NBA has been a long, long off season. We've finally made it. We've uh, we've absolutely slugged away over the last couple of months. But the moment's finally here. How excited are you, Ro? Oh, beyond excited. We were just chatting the other day, weren't we, Nick, that, you know, it feels like it's been an eternity since that Boston Golden State final series. And, you know, all the action that's happened over the off season has probably made us even more excited for the upcoming season. So it can't come quick enough. Well, I'm, I'm delighted. It's um, like for us, this is, I, I think we use this reference quite a bit throughout mm. the season, but it is like Christmas to us. Yeah, like, is. This is our Christmas opening night. Um, I know our partners aren't as thrilled as we are because it's <laughs> so all-consuming, the NBA and the NBL going on, but yeah. uh, we we're, love it. So. We're going on leave for the unforeseeable future. So it's as all far part, as of, the, partners all are part of the process, yes. isn't it? But uh, <laughs> for us as content creators as well, how good is it? Oh, mate, it's, Sometimes it's these, incredible. These off-seasons, you know, you start to, uh, you got to dig deep into the locker bag to keep the content coming, mm, mm. Uh, which we've done well. But uh, certainly looking forward to having the ball back in our lives. Absolutely. Just around the corner, mate. Let's get into it then, guys. A big shout out to the Spotlight Sports Network and the cover, helping keeping us in the uh, in the eyes of the public across Australia and the US. I mm. uh, certainly appreciate everything that they're both continuing to do. And just quickly, some exciting news. Now, on these episodes now, we're going to be starting to phase out the NBL content. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that, But with that, starting as of next week, I'm just uh, ironing out the day now. Uh, but we've got a secondary episode starting a week from the Daily Dribble podcast focused purely on the NBL. Dedicated. Uh, dedicated to it. Absolutely thrilled to be getting that one started, recapping all the news, all the, you know, kind of like these episodes, but focused on the NBL. Uh, look to get a few more guests on board and things mm. of the kind. So a lot to look forward to there. Um, and great for us. We're doubling our, our uh, output at the moment. Yeah, so. that's what exactly what you need. But I think people will be looking forward to that additional episode, particularly dedicated to the NBL, which as we know, Nick, and as we've continued to talk about, is growing at a rate of knots. Booming. Mm. Booming. So looking forward to presenting that one to you guys next as of next week. Um, so just in terms of our, our normal housekeeping things, be sure to subscribe, follow wherever you listen to the show, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, uh, what is it? iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're everywhere. LinkedIn. LinkedIn, Didn't absolutely. Want to that hat too. Yeah, you got to do hat it. Too. Um, as well as keeping up to date with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Um, so you get that episode as soon as it drops. We're certainly very excited to bring it to you. For sure. Let's get into this week's episode without further ado, though, uh, because it is a big one. So Huge. let's start with some quick odds and ends. Recap some of the notable news that's gone on throughout the course of the last mm. week or two. Yep. Kick I just, just quickly, I, I kind of I've forgotten. We mm. only got back the other day from holiday. Um, so it's been a, a fortnight, isn't it? Is it a fortnight since we I think last it's been, recorded? Yeah, it's been a fortnight. It might be three weeks. It is three weeks. Three we weeks, yeah. The two. Yeah. But our viewers wouldn't know because, oh. like clockwork, the episode went up whilst we were sunbaking last week. So and that just, worked just out pretty quickly, well. How are you looking tan wise? Um, Do you get a bit of color? No, unfortunately not. Like it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that. The skin tone hasn't changed a hell of a lot, but you can't no, be I feel blessed like, with everything, can you? I feel like the reason you asked that, Nick, is because you've maybe, you know, darkened up, crisped up a little bit. I, I did a little bit, not as much as I thought I would, but mm-hmm. I am feeling a little bit uh, uh, more coloured. Does I, your confidence go through the roof when when you've got oh, a tan? Absolutely. Like, are absolutely. you a different man? Is uh, it like when you have a fresh cut? Like we were talking with Isaac White a few yeah. months ago. You get that fresh cut and you. Just walk around a bit of a strut and you, you feel you feel yourself a bit. And I think it's the same with a tan. You do. But with that, it's kind of six in one hand, half a dozen in the other because okay. I've I've got the colour happening now. Um, but as I've spoken to you about over the last couple of days and since mm. we got back in particular, um, I, I'm feeling a little bit self-conscious at the moment. I feel like <laughs> I've packed on the pounds as of late. All the food, all the booze. I'm not doing myself any favours here today mm. with this episode on the on the ciders, <laughs> but uh, I feel like I've stacked on the, the kilos here. No, well, yeah. Uh, look, I'm telling myself it's a bloat, but I don't think it is. It's a long bloat if so. <laughs> <laughs> that it is indeed. So, well, hopefully uh, I'll work that out very quickly. Time to do some sit-ups, mate. Let's get into it, mate. We'll start with the news that came out during the week that LaMelo Ball, um, everything that the Hornets are doing kind of hinges on his shoulders. 
Uh, but the news came out during the week that he's been diagnosed with a grade two left ankle sprain. Now, he's likely to miss the start of the season. We're probably looking at only a fortnight, two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not great news as you head into the start of another season. And it just kind of, I guess, sums up where the Hornets are at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, we are talking about the other week when we are doing the Eastern Conference predictions that their off-season, as it's been, has been super disruptive. And, you know, this certainly won't help. And for many, even though it's only a short-term injury in the grand scheme of things, it's, as you said, it's not ideal. And, and ankles are little buggers as well. Yeah, like they're, they're niggling, those, aren't they? They are niggling. Like, mm. you know, if he kind of rushes it back, they're one of those things. Uh, ankles and hamstrings seem to be the ones that can just keep reoccurring. Yep. Um, and especially with how quick and explosive and all the lateral movements he makes. Mm. could be one that really hinders him if he uh, rushes back. Yeah, I think we have to keep a close eye on that one because um, – particularly once he comes back from that injury. I don't think they'd want to rush him into max minutes anytime yep. soon because the last thing you want is LaMelo Ball going out if you're the Hornets because he's, I would say, the you know, the what they've got look, to look forward to this year because I don't see as a team um, them, you know, finishing inside the eight, certainly. You don't have that faith in Haywood, Terry Rosier? No. I don't either. I don't think um, so. No. I know Lee's not here with us today. so he can't I think you'd say the same thing. He can't defend his Hornets, but I, as you just said, I think he would probably be uh, leaning towards what we're saying yeah. there about. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, another injury that was uh, announced during the week, the Detroit Pistons will be without Marvin Bagley for three to four weeks mm. after an MRI revealed that he's got bone bruising and a sprained MCL in his right knee. Now, I tell you what, this is a guy, the second overall pick in 2018, kind of forget that. Mm, you um, do. That star studied class with Aiton, Trey Young, Luka Doncic. But since he's moved across to the Pistons from the Kings, his up to his output has been phenomenal. It's gone he's, through the roof, hasn't it? Across eighteen games with the with the Pistons, he was averaging fourteen and a half points, seven rebounds, and assist, all whilst going at fifty five point five percent from the field. Now, I know it's early days. As I said, eighteen games he spent with the Pistons. Do you think this could have been the move that starts to kind of revitalize his career? Well, I remember us talking about it when the um, trade was put up, and it was sort of thinking he's certainly one of those players who needed a change of scenery and we knew he had potential. You don't get picked second in the NBA draft um, if you're sort of going to bottom out most of the time, most that is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, no, certainly from what we've seen so far at the Detroit Pistons, he's he's looked like he's he's in he's at home to a certain yeah, extent. He I looks agree. like he fits in really well. Um particularly coming from a dysfunctional organisation like Sacramento. I'm not going to say the word, <laughs> no, but they're, they're all sorts of ordinary. And yes. um, I just hope he can get over this injury um, really quickly because I want to see a healthy Marvin Bagley in a place which suits him and suits his game style. I do too, and it's an exciting time. I'll just move ahead to a next little point I have about yep. the Pistons and then kind of tie it in with a little more Detroit talk. Um, they look set to be waving Kemba Walker uh, before mm. the deadline on Monday. Now, four-time All-Star. I think he's still got a lot to offer a franchise. Mm. I, I think he kind of would have been handy for the Pistons. Senior now, head. Um, by waving him, they'll get down to that 15-man 15, uh, 15 roster. Mm, mm. Uh, but I think there'd be a lot of teams out there, a lot of contending teams, maybe after a backup point guard, that uh, I, I still think Kemba's got a lot to offer. And it's kind of almost sad the way he's... I guess his career's progressed since he left Charlotte. It's deteriorated, it hasn't has, it? Very, very quickly mm. and... But do you, I, I guess coming back to that point, mm, and then I'll round mm. back to the Pistons, do you think he still has a bit to offer a franchise? I think he certainly does, and I like what you said about perhaps the chance of him going to a contending team, even yeah. as a backup point guard role, or even I know it's taking a taking a lot of responsibility off him, but even like a backup to a backup, like in yeah. some capacity, I think he has a position still in the NBA. Well, you just want to see him playing. He, he kind you of do, feels yeah. like yep. and almost the um, – I guess the career trajectory, it almost feels very reminiscent of Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, um, yeah. Someone yep. who was at the highest of highs just about and is really now, for all intents and purposes, for IT, out of the league, um, Kemba, not with a team. Uh, and these blokes who are sort of within the NBA community, revered. universally liked. Um, Absolutely. So I think we'll sooner rather than later see him back on a roster. It's just dependent on, you know, who is, who's looking for that extra bit of um, depth, particularly at the guard position. And just back on the Pistons, I tell you what, just over the, the couple of preseason games we've had over the last couple of weeks, um, I'm really excited about their roster. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. granted, we said it a couple of weeks ago on our Eastern Conference predictions. Still reckon they're probably a, a year or two away from making some noise. Mm. 
But all the, the steps they're putting in place, they are moving along nicely. And it's, it's good to see a team that's bottomed out. They've done the rebuild the right way. Um, they've got those really key young pieces, Bay, Cunningham, mm-hmm. um, Duran coming in as well, Ivy. Ivy, yeah. But then they've added some of that that experience that you need in the locker room, Bogdanovich. Um, great to see, as we said, Bagley get another chance to kind of reassert himself within the league. For sure. Um, yep. Just love what they're doing at the minute. So I just wanted to kind of give a little bit of uh, a credit to a team that we don't too often talk about, uh, but maybe this year they we'll might, do. Be, they we'll might do get a little forward. bit more love. Yes, for sure. Um, the Rockets have waived Mo Harkless. Now, another player just speaking of, um, you know, players who are kind of on the outs in the NBA at the moment that could still provide valuable contributions to a team. He's only 29 years old. He played mm. for the Kings last season, averaged four and a half points, uh, two and a half rebounds there. I think he could be a very, very handy handy backup three or four for a team. Yes. Yep. Um, and the team I actually thought of, it kind of, almost becomes a little bit null and void since they got Blake Griffin. I thought he mm. would have fit perfectly with the Celtics. Still um, might do. He, he still, still might could do. do. Mm. Uh, interesting to see where he ends up, but I think another player, there's a lot of players at the minute. You know, you look at, uh, I'm just trying to think of other names off the top of the Ken, screen. Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore, um, Quinn yeah, Cook. Quinn Cook. Yep. You know, these guys uh, have got a spot on a list um, within the league for sure. There's, there's, there's worse talent, blokes after. There? Yeah, there's there, a lot yeah. of talent in this league that's not been... Um, I guess used up at the moment. So if you're any team out there that needs a little, you know, that little X factor piece mm-hmm. or just another another body to fill out the roster, there's talent there. Alternatively, and I know we said we weren't going to touch on the NBL, but oh, please. you know the Jack no, Jumpers are always to. looking for potential recruits. Particularly, imagine Kent Basemore coming off. It, oh, now if that doesn't get you to the my state bank arena, I don't know what will. What do you reckon? Do you reckon we should slide into Isaiah Thomas's DMs? Perhaps, yeah. Well, I the biggest little man going around. <laughs> How do you reckon play a little uh, backup point guard role be, be, uh, behind Majet there? What I don't do mind that. I don't mind that at all. I think um, Jack Jumpers are, you know, inclusive to everybody. We, we don't discriminate. So, tell you what, imagine the roar of the crowd. I know we only get about four and a half to five thousand at my state bank arena, but imagine it's IT allowed, coming out. It's a loud five k though, isn't it? Absolutely. We can speak from experience. Oh, my word, you and I are just about the loudest there. <laughs> I would um, say so. Last point for me on the odds and ends mm-hmm. front. Now, this was this was a big point. Um, big one. Now, it's kind of happened in the last week or so since we've been away. Um, now, I reckon everyone, pretty much anyone who listens to this podcast, they're a basketball fan, obviously. They would have seen the incident play out between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Mm. Now, I won't go too much into it, but it was the punch that rocked was heard around the world, wasn't it? It was. It was. What, a little, it... little left-right goodnight number, wasn't it? It was a hell of a swing. Yep. It rocked the pool. And it certainly. was Steve Kerr had said that this was the biggest crisis that the Warriors had faced since his tenure. Now, my question for you, Draymond since returned to the team uh, without suspension, received a bit of a fine there, but he'll be eligible to play in their opening uh, game on opening night against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, what and now, just before we came on air, yep. they're facing the Nuggets in a preseason game. And we kind of put up something on our story on the on the Instagram, on the Facebook there about how uh, Draymond, Jordan Poole were doing their kind of their handshake and hug bit. But something of this magnitude, what impact do you think this will have on chemistry, on, on morale? How do you think this will play out for the season? It's funny you mention this. We have an upcoming segment and um, this might get a bit more of a mention oh, within that segment. There you go. But, um, yeah, it, it's more complicated than you think, like – for example, I'll just touch on it quickly. That handshake that that you were referring to, it sort of, to a certain extent, might be just due to optics. Like you, absolutely, you need like from a they knew that cameras were going to be on them, particularly after this incident. Hundred percent. Now, just because they've done a handshake before the game does not mean all's well within Golden State. So we will certainly everything touch in on the that. NBA. Everything, yes. everything is optics. It is. It is. It's I all about it. look looking good, looking the part. Yeah. Um, I think there's a bit more under under wraps than, than you'd like to think. Well, we won't go into it too much more, but I'm looking forward to touching base with you on that very, very shortly, my Please man. Please do. Please do. Without further ado, let's move ahead in the show. So this week we thought we'd do something just as we head into the season, a little mm. bit of a would-you-rather segment. Now, neither Ro or, not, neither Ro or I yep. know what the other's going to ask. It's all going to be purely off the dome today. Um and we're just going to pose a couple of questions and see which side of the fence we lean on. It, I'm, I've been looking forward to this. It's, it's oh, kind of one of these topics that you discuss with your mates at the bar or you discuss with your mates in private. It's like, 
would you rather this player? Would you rather this player? Like, there's a lot of different arguments for for each side of, yes. of things. So, um, really keen to get into it, Nick. And these are good ones for you guys out there. Hit us up on our socials. Slide in to the comment section on our post. Let us know what you think of these uh, these questions. What side you err on? Uh, Aro and I just absolutely talking smack, or are we on the right track? We love to hear it. So, us talking smack. Us talking smack. Unheard of. Unheard of. Well, you wouldn't read about it. Well, I reckon you kick us off, right? I'll you kick want, you want to kick us off? I would love to kick us off. <laughs> Good man. So, Nick, a guy who I was thinking about, and I've been thinking about over the last few weeks, particularly since his last injury update was provided, was Lonzo Ball of the Chicago Bulls. Ooh, shout out to Apex. Shout out to Apex, as always, with the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, we love it. So Lonzo, so he's a guy who only played 35 games last season yep. and we know how good he was to start last season and it was probably a pr- pretty big reason why they started as hot as they did because yep. once he went down, the Chicago Bulls came tumbling down as well as an organisation. Absolutely. But I've been thinking with Lonzo, would you rather, if you're the Chicago Bulls, persist with Lonzo Ball knowing that when he's out there, he makes that team so much better. And as I said, you saw as a key example at the start of last season, they were pretty much the team to beat yeah. really in the opening yep. half of the season. Yep. Or would you rather look to trade Lonzo Ball given the fact that over the first over the course of his career so far, mm. he's become this player who, unfortunately, as much as we hate to see it, has become a injury-riddled player who you can't really really rely on to be out there, you know, the majority of the games in the season. So my question is, would you rather, if you're the Chicago Bulls, keep him or would you rather trade him? Wow. Great, great question. I really like this question. Um, I I see it from both sides because when you've got a bloke who's as injury prone as he has been, um, okay. Okay. I'll give you my answer because I think I know which way I'm going to go. I think you would stick with him mm-hmm. purely for the fact that I've really loved to see his progression over the last 12 to 24 months. Yes. Yep. I think his game has made huge strides. Another level. Another mm-hmm. level, and I mm-hmm. still think there's a level for him to go. Um, I think if he had a kind of plateaued over that period, that 12 to 24 months, you'd be a little more inclined to possibly move on. I agree. Uh, but the yep. way his three-point strokes developed, his maturity, his leadership, um, that vision and passing ability has always been it's there. top class. But I think, especially as well, given the fact how good they looked mm. when he was there, like they were top of the East. They were flying. And for all intensive purposes, it looked set to continue. But when mm. that injury hit, uh, we saw Caruso go down as well. The wheels started to fall off. Uh, but I, I would I would stick with him. Mm. I, I think there's enough potential still to grow that you could you could stick with him. And to be honest, I don't know what the market would be for Lonzo at the minute. What they would actually get back that would be equivalent or better. Yeah, I um, I do tend to agree to some extent. Yeah, where do you, where do you sit on that? I, I think I'm with you overall. Although it is particularly given this latest injury, which will most likely have him out for the opening few months of the season, which will be less than ideal for the Chicago Bulls. I think it's a very much a wait-and-see type one because if you're getting to the half point of the year and these niggling injuries continue, then I think you have to, unfortunately, if you're the Chicago Bulls, start to look for options to trade him for because as handy as he looks when he's out there, that's the key word, if he's out there. Like, he needs to be out there to be having an impact. There's no point him... You know, on the sidelines with the bloody crutches or whatever the case yeah. might be. Hanging um, out with Benny the Bull there. Yeah, Benny the Bull on the sidelines prov- providing the entertainment. But it's a, it's a difficult one because we know how good he is when he's out there. But I've got a question for you then off there. the back of that and just tying in with our odds and ends a moment ago. Mm. Would you, okay, if you had, you know, either or, pick one or the other, yeah, yeah. would you go with Lonzo, stick with it? Or would you say, right, Let's let's throw a little curveball, and as I said, just off the back of Austin yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Would you start Kemba Walker? Bring him in and start Kemba. Um, so Could so he you'd, be your starting guard on that team. I don't think Kemba can be a starting guard you on any he's team done as anymore a starter? because Kemba's got the same um, concerns, concerns as yep. as Lonzo, unfortunately. Um, so I think if I'm the Chicago Bulls, I'm persisting with Lonzo, but I'm, I don't know how much longer I can persist. Okay, one more question yeah. on the back of that Lonzo piece, without. You know, you could you could go through and write the list and get this 
pinpoint. Mm, mm. In terms of guards within the league, what tier would you have Lonzo? So we're looking at top tier, mm. you know, good all-star level, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, would you ha- do you see him as one of the premier point guards in the league? No. Or is he a I'd, couple of rungs down? Uh, a couple of rungs down, I think yeah. it's fair to say. I, I have no problem in saying that he's one of the, like, better facilitators in the league. I think he's – and his three-point shot has improved, particularly early days last season. Um, but I think he, I think just due to the fact that he has had these injury concerns and he probably hasn't been able to, you know, put it out there as often as he would like on a consistent basis. So I think he needs to, you know, get a few seasons together where he's not going to be on the sidelines and he can fully showcase what he's got to offer. Because I think, just touching back on that question, if he can, you know – get over these injury concerns yep. to some extent. I think there's a chance that he could, could get into that sort of top rung, yeah. maybe top two um, tier of point guards in the NBA. And I think he's a real, real swing piece for the Bulls. Yeah. I yeah. think a lot of their success at the moment hinges on him being on the court. But because, first half of last season, oh. again, we, we don't want to keep touching on it, but it's, it's sort of proof in the pudding when you're talking about this kind of thing. Like, he has to be out there from what we've seen in this current lineup with Demar in there as well. They need that stabilizer almost, don't yeah, they? Yeah. And it's the same when Caruso's in that when he was in the starting lineup when Lonzo was out. He he brought that as well. Um, Absolutely. When they lost both, the wheels the wheels came off. Well, when you think about the Chicago Bulls, like I I love Caruso, but like that there is no one on that Chicago Bulls lineup who is anywhere near as good of a facilitator as Lonzo Ball. Yeah. You can't rely on, and you don't want to have to rely on DeMar DeRozan or um, Zach Levine to be your facilitators because they're going to be probably the guys who are putting up the points for your team. But when um, Lonzo's out, far out, they look like there's a massive hole missing in that lineup. And um, yeah, they, they'd want to hope that he can sort of regain a bit of um, consistency and a bit of health. Well, to culminate that one, I will, I will say I'm, I'm on the side of keeping. I'm, I'm, and I agree with you. I, I reckon keep him, but analyze what happens in that that first little period when he comes back. It's um, a wait and see. For it sure. is a wait and see, but mm. I would keep him for now. Yep, good stuff. I'll kick off with my first one. Sorry, Ro. Would you rather be coaching in a in an alternate universe? You've made some different life choices. Here we go. And you've found yourself in prime position to be a head coach. All right. How do I work my work my way here? Uh, bloody good work. Good ethic. choices. Yes. Yeah. Good choices. Yep. Hanging around with the right people. Um, would you rather be coaching the Sacramento Kings oh. or the Indiana Pacers right now? So if you're, if you're the Pacers, you're building around Halliburton, you're building around Matherin, mm. um, Chris Duarte, Miles Turner. On the other side, uh, for the Kings, you're looking at De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, Davion Mitchell, um, complemented with players like Sabonis, Barnes, Herta, um, you know, that, that side of things, which... Which way would you be leaning at the moment? Oh, mate. Like, you know, you know of all people how much I despise what the Sacramento Kings <laughs> have done, after, uh, you know, over the course of the last decade and a half. In saying that, you also look at where the Indiana Pacers are right now. And, yes, they've got Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Hield to a lesser extent. But after that, look, I feel like their roster drops off quite quickly. At the moment, Sacramento Kings, they're, they're You don't in- like a little bit of Goga Patate? He's all right. He's solid. He's good. He was good for my fantasy team late, late last year. So Brissette. shout out to Go-Go. he was really good. Reset as well. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. was another one. Oshan. But in terms of like top tier talent, like they're, they're nowhere near. But do you um, think so? You're this. Let's. I'll change the question a little bit. This is your okay. first head coaching role. First head coaching. So role. okay. Do you think you would be able to maybe mold those players a little bit more as opposed to having, you know, an, a more established Sabonis Fox who thinks he's a bit of a star. Um, yeah, I see, and I see where you're coming from, and I'm glad you reworded that. A little that bit because, more moldable, mate. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I'd feel worried, equally worried, taking over either team. I feel like the fact that Sacramento have been down and out for so long, you're coming into a team which already has an existing losing culture, and we talk about so often how important having a winning culture or having even recent memory of a winning culture <laughs> is. Like we look at Golden State, yep. they had a recent memory of a dynasty and they were able to sort of work their way back after overcoming a few injuries whereas Sacramento far out mate they've been a long way off a winning culture we're talking 15 to 20 years off a winning culture it's been a long 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 whereas you you look at Indiana Pacers and yes they've probably got fewer established guys than Sacramento I think it's fair to say um but I like how you reworded the question because I think 
if it was your first head coaching gig and your GM said to you, look, mate, we're going to give you, we're going to give you time to improve this roster. Yeah. We're going to give you time to get them on the right page, develop their skills. Mm-hmm. We're not just going to chuck you out after finishing 11th two years in a row yeah. because that's what happens to a lot of these head coaches yeah, in the NBA. Indeed. So I think long story short, I would go with the Indiana Pacers um, because I think they've got a little bit more to work mm-hmm. with. And I think they're a little bit more stable now that they've got in Torres Halliburton as this number one guy. They have a, I think they have, even though I think they're going to be god awful this year. Shout out Lee. I think they've got a bit more stability in terms of where they're at, and I guess where they're likely to go. Um, Who's the, who then? Without trying to take yeah. you off too much, there across those two teams, who is the best player across the two teams? Yep. Um, out of out of all the players on either roster, who would you say is the number one guy? I think oh, – Would you say Halliburton or would you lean still Sabonis at the moment? Uh, I, I really like – I'm high on Tyrese Halliburton, yeah. really high yeah, on same. him. And yep. I guess I'm sort of looking into the future of it because I think it's going to be a no-brainer going forward, apart from obviously Delhi on the Kings, <laughs> who's already miles ahead. But, um, no, I think Tyrese Halliburton is probably the guy. Sabonis is solid, but is he going to reach those absolute superstar levels? Probably not at – I think stage. he's probably hit his pinny. Like yeah, he? for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, so yeah, I'd go with the Indiana Pacers. I think you, you, even though they're a little while still off, um, truly competing. Obviously, given the fact that they've gone through the full rebuild, I think they've got a little bit more to work with. And as we said before, I think I, as long as I had that, you know, voted confidence from the GM saying, yeah. "Look, we're going to oh, have faith in you, in, mate. He's, he's back he's in the end, trusting well, your 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 previous record, um, yep. a high, distinguished college career." Um, at the NCAA level. <laughs> I love um, how we've made the um, elaborate backstory exactly. where I've been at. Sells the picture. Yes, yeah, I can see it. I can absolutely would see you, it. And we've spoken about this before. Would you be a, like, let's say at the NCAA level, yeah. would you be a suit guy? Oh, that is such a good question, actually. Would I rock in a suit? Would you suit, rock a suit? Or would I go with the Eric Spolstra, new age Eric Spolstra polo? Yeah, like, I know we we went to the, we had high hopes of going to the gym a few more times we whilst did. on holiday. We went once. We did, oh, we did once, you, and that was yeah, but it was you can, a short you set. You've got a set of set of, set of little uh, pythons on your arm there, don't you? Yeah, that you that would probably push me the, the tight polo. Push me across the top. What if a coach came out in a muscle tee? Oh. That's a new look. That's a power move if ever I've seen. That's a power move. Or the bare chest if That's you've just hit the gym looking for a pump. There you go. I can see Spo doing that. I can see him doing it too, and I'm all for it. Whereas I can see you as a suit guy. I'm, I'm a suit guy. Yeah. I love suits. I'm, yeah, it's I'm a no huge, brainer. Huge suit guy, just in any occasion. Yes. Um, yep. But. I guess where are I'm, you on this whole uh, yeah, on this so, whole argument? So I'd like to get your opinion. Absolutely, I'll give it to you. If you want to, I'll give it to you. Thanks. Um, I lean towards the Pacers, yeah, purely for the fact I think they've got more of an identity at the moment. Uh, yep. For the fact that, and we've, and it wouldn't be an episode. We wouldn't be speaking about the Kings if I didn't say this at least once. They just seem to wallow in mediocrity. Uh, they truly do. Had to do it. I had to do it. I just couldn't help myself, and it kind of goes with the the territory now. Uh, talking about the Kings, but for the yep. Pacers, they've they're pretty well bottomed out. Like they did it, they got rid of Warren, they got rid of Brogdon, they got rid of Sabonis. They like they've they've pretty much torn the whole house down. And they I had a vision, that. and I think this year they're going to be worse, mm. but they're going to be yeah. better for it because you know hopefully the balls fall in their favor. Get Wemben uh, Wembenyama, uh, get Scoot Henderson. They've got a real key piece to put alongside mm. uh, Halliburton there. Um, I just think they've embraced the tank a lot better, whereas the Kings just try and like it's like just doggy paddling, yeah. just holding on yep. to survival. Um, like me in the pool on holiday, <laughs> just 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 trying to make it to the other side. Doing aquatic underarm, yeah, yeah, yep. that's it, my mm. staple mark. Um, so I I, th- I think they're better poised for the next couple of years. As an NBA fan, don't you love to see? And I know we've spoken about it in the past, but don't you love to see teams who actually commit to the rebuild and aren't just well, I won't say the word, but they're wallowing in it, aren't they? They are. And they are yeah. well and truly wallowing in it. And it's a worse place to be if you're a fan, isn't it? Mm. It's a worse it place. Is. There's no, there's nothing, you know, there's there's no great way to be a 13th to a, a ninth or 10th seed. There's nothing good about it. And I would even argue even inside the 7th, 8th position, like at the end of the day, what what is that really achieving? Like in the grand scheme of things. are not looking to get better, yeah. which, which the Kings really haven't. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I almost think the Sabonis move might have set them back. Mm, mm. Uh, I think Halliburton was a really good cog for them moving forward yep. in their trajectory just alongside Fox, Mitchell coming in. Um, so, yeah, I, I lean towards the paces on that one. Yep, I like it. 
Beautiful, mate. Do you want to fire away, fire another little cannon my way? Yeah, so I might touch back on this in the odds and ends. You were yeah. asking me about the Draymond Green-Jordan Poole incident. And, you know, for those who have seen it, and I expect most NBA fans probably would have net by now, but it was a fairly severe incident in terms of the actual whack that Draymond Green landed on Jordan Poole was significant, and we, we saw the end result, which was a huge black eye on Jordan Poole's face, and that kind of thing, you have to be a super resilient, strong organisation to bounce back from that kind of thing. It's not even like sometimes it's not even like the individual. It's not even Jordan Poole that has to, um, you know, he needs to get back on the same page as the rest of them. Yeah. But the, the whole team needs to trust Draymond again, again because it was something that really put him, I guess, in the bad bad books with 100%. the entire organisation. Yep. So my question to you is, given the fact that this happened um, and I guess also given the fact that we're probably on the horizon of the possibility of Jordan Poole signing a long-term contract extension, Yeah. would you look to trade or at least put Draymond Green's name on the trade table um, after this incident, given the fact that I think we're talking about that handshake that they did mm. before the game. It's all optics. optics. It's all optics. Yeah. Would you look at putting his name on the trade table, sort of clean slate to a certain extent, also knowing the fact that they've got guys who can come in, young guys off the bench who need more minutes. Yeah. Talking about Kaminga, I'm talking about Wiseman, who have both really looked good. Moody yeah. as well. Would you look to put his name on the trade table um, or alternatively, would you look to persist with Draymond, see how it goes to begin the season? I guess it's a it's a core group which have been together for a long time and they've achieved a lot of success and they have. they've got a good, really good track record when they're all out there. They do. Would you look to persist with them, um, including Draymond Green, and I guess at the same time you have to put the possibility in that the team's going to be a bit disrupted, yeah. you would think, and it might even have an impact on Jordan Poole, who's a guy who, if he went on to a starting team, a uh, starting squad, could be a guy who averages, you know, 23 to 25 points a night. What would you rather? Um, so I'm just trying to think of this. I was, I was just, as you were like speaking about all that, I was mm. just picturing my head, say the podcast, I'll take it back to us because everything's about us. <laughs> Naturally. You and I, we do a little debate segment. I don't like your opinion. I give you a little, I, you know, you give me a little shove and I come in and just give you a Hail Mary to fine. You know, how yeah. are you, bro? Black eye. Okay. This wouldn't go down well. but I yeah. wouldn't go down because I'd hit you and I'd run. Because I know you if would. you catch me, you'd belt me. Knock you to next week. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, but I'm just trying to put myself in that perspective. Like something like that, how would, like if something like that happened, mm-hmm. Would you be able to bounce back? It's it's the reason I've asked this because I have question marks over whether they can or not. I I don't know. Um, yeah. I think even if you did, things are never going to be the same. Never, never, They're never going to be the same. And I think especially when you're playing at such an elite level, like you've got to have a hundred percent trust in your teammates. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I to be honest think there's going to be a moving part here. Yeah. Whether that's Draymond or Paul. Um, for me, I probably reckon as they start to usher in that new era mm-hmm. of Warriors, you know, as we said, Paul Moody, Wiseman, Kaminga, et cetera, et cetera, yep. Draymond could be the piece that gets moved. And I th- I think they start to look to that route. And we we spoke about it last year that they were in that real funny period of still contending yep. and managing mm-hmm. that youth and elevating them. They, As we said, they did it perfectly. They absolutely aced it. Um, they they did, did both. Yeah. I think now as these younger players start to elevate, you can maybe look to get rid of a Draymond. Well, um, that, I think he's almost it's surplus. Yeah, and it probably bounces off this question. It's sort of like a would you rather keep, given the situation and given how it's all played out, would you rather keep Draymond Green? He's a, going to be a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. He's a core part of their squad and has been for a long time, part yeah, of on, success. On floor general. Or would you rather keep... Um, Jordan Poole, who's likely to be top two, you would think, in um, six-man-of-the-year candidate, still young, still got plenty to offer. If you yeah. came into a starting role and you look at, you know, Steph Curry, perhaps career expiring, or not expiring, but like maybe starting gig expiring the over, the, over the next, you know, five years or so, yeah. whatever the case might be, yep. he steps up into that role. It's 
who would you rather keep? Like, I think is it, is it the age situation that gets you over the line with Jordan Poole? Is it the fact that he's... Draymond's not that old, though, is he? He's, he's younger than what I thought. He's, what is he, like 32? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I know that's yeah. you know, after we get into the 30s. Um, and I, I think it's almost too big a chemistry blow. And as you mm, said, everything mm. in the NBA and that handshake, it almost it warmed my heart a little bit. Yeah. But after you look past that initial... Um, the optic side of it, I think there's more going on. You don't just, after a couple of days, bounce back from something like that, getting a black eye, pretty much getting knocked into next week. If, you, you... if you're an NBA fan, particularly if you're a casual NBA fan and you're looking at that um, on Bleacher Report or whatever and yeah. you think that that situation is resolved, you, you, you've got another thing coming because yeah. that situation is still brewing and I think that there's plenty to play out. Um, just it's... You don't even have to be within the four walls of the organisation. Like sometimes I hate speaking on this kind of thing because it's like, how would you know? But at the same time, you've got to think, as you were saying. We know saying, what we saw. We saw him get belted. He got absolutely rattled. And as you were saying, like you bring it back to your own personal situation. What if one of your mates um, punched you in the face? You'd never be able to, even if you were on friendly terms with him again, in quotation marks, you would never yeah. be able to look at him the same way or work and trust him in the same way as well. So I think there's plenty I, I to play I lean towards out. keeping Paul. Before I get your mm, thoughts on that, mm, mm. I'll transition then to a 10-round match. Would, would you rather say a boxing match yeah. or a UFC five-round fight? What would you rather? Between the two of those yeah. blokes. Um, Give me uh, what you'd like to see and then who's the winner. I think I would like to say, I think a boxing match, to be honest with you, given the, g- slug. given the fact that that's what Draymond did. He rocked yep. him with a, with a big, I don't know if it was a left hook or a right hook, but it was a, it was a haymaker really. Like it was just absolutely belted. Here we go then. Let's set the same. We're doing it. Jordan Poole v. Draymond Green, 10 rounds in the ring. Mm. Who you got? Is it going the distance or what rounds the stoppage? Um, I think. Draymond's got the one nil record, so I think he's got the. I'm backing Draymond at the moment. Is it going deep, or is he getting an early knockout? Um, I think Paul's coming back with a bit of aggression, a bit of yeah. a revenge type mode. Um, but I think Draymond's probably got the. Well, actually, he's not very elusive, is he? Like, is it? He's not, and he might puff out yeah, quite early. Run out of gas. I'm starting to rethink this. We can get past round into round five, six plus. I'm looking too much into the one nil record, yeah. and that's not really a convincing. And it was a cheap either. shot too. It was a cheap shot. Yeah. Uh, get back to me. Get okay. back to me. Well, for me, I'm go- I reckon a boxing fight, I'm taking Draymond for an early victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it goes into the octagon, USC, I can just see bloody Jordan Poole flying in, like flying knee to the chin, just big KO. I'm so with in the UFC, I'll take him. In the octagon, in the ring, I'll take Draymond. He's a bit lighter, Paul, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. I can, it's I a agree bit of a difference in that. weight classes there, but yeah. uh, it'll be a hell of a fight. Absolutely. For you, Ro, do you say, would you rather keep Paul or, or Draymond there? Well, look, I think or they can They can probably, at, 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 at this current stage, they can probably afford to persist with it, see how it goes. It's kind of the, it's kind of a similar situation um, in terms of, do you want to persist with it for the time being and see how they go at around the halfway mark of the season, see if they've recovered from it? Because it'll be playing play as like dog balls to see if they've actually overcome this situation in terms of their overall win-loss record. Yeah. If they're struggling and those blokes or at least one of those blokes are down on their usual output, mm. then maybe you do have to offload him. I'm comfortable with saying at the moment that I would probably keep him just to keep a bit of stability within the organisation. But you've got to look at the track record as well, don't you? Like that's you do, yeah. some weight. Yes, yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, um yeah, just keep him for the time being, but keep keep an eye on what happens because it's not yeah, resolved. Well, it's going to be fun. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in their locker room at the moment. Oh, dear. How mate. spicy would that be? Did you say, just quickly, uh, did you say, I don't know if this was even real, but I looked on Twitter or something the other day and I saw a picture of Jordan Poole within NBA 2K and it was like a face scan, uh, like updated face scan, and in his face scan, Jordan Poole <laughs> had a massive black blue eye. I didn't Did Ronnie that. 2K get a bit no. cheeky with that? Because we know that Draymond, and I don't know if you've actually seen it, but Ronnie and um, Draymond <laughs> have got a bit of a Twitter beef going on at the moment. They don't like each other. I love that. And I wonder if he put that in there as a bit of a, That's you know, funny, yeah, how you going to it. I, I didn't Draymond. see that. I did see... Um... Did I put it on their socials? I don't think I did. I laughed. It was an NBA meme page on Instagram, mm-hmm. and it was um, they they got Draymond and Paul's faces into WWE 2K. 
<laughs> and they had yes. like a street fight and Paul's just getting a steel chair and cracking Whacking him. Over yeah. just had me in stitches watching that. Oh, so, that's great. Um, oh, the internet sometimes is defeated. Like it's a horrible place to be at sometimes, but other times it's, it's a place of gold. Internet is king. I love it. <laughs> I'll move ahead there with my next question to you, Roy. Go for it. So would you rather have Zion Williamson or Victor Wenbenyama in your squad for the next 10 years? Okay, so what we're weighing up at the moment is they're both both freaks of nature, yeah, without any it. doubt in the world. I'm slightly concerned um, about Zion Williamson's health track record that I've seen so far. I think his potential, his actual potential, is through the roof. And it's like when we we're talking about Lonzo Ball, like when they're out there, mm. far out, they make their team so much better, and they just look like they can be absolute stars mm. of the league, no yeah. doubt. Um, Wemby now the, the the surname has given me grief since he's come onto the scene. Wembenyama. Wembenyama. I'm because gonna get better Luke, at this. It's gonna be like Lee a was, I was gonna kill that little What no, was Lee saying? Wambiana. Wambiana. I was like, what was it? Wumban. Yeah. Wumbanyana. What Lee was what saying sounded like a Lion King yeah. thing, didn't it? It <laughs> certainly didn't sound like a surname of anyone. Um maybe for the time being I'll call him Victor. Um that might be the easy yeah, um, Vic. scenario. Yeah. Um, but there's only one Vic to us. There is Vic Law. Great interview. Lovely, if you haven't already seen it, go yeah. back deep into our archives and archives, check that yeah. one out. That's such a good question, Nick, because I think they're both going. They both have the potential to be really like faces of the league, stars of the league, and it's and that's crazy. Why I ask this because we got to see highlights and a bit of the game. Um, mm. His matchup with Scoot Henderson, and just seeing what an absolute freak of nature this guy is, which they both are. Hence my kind of, um, you know, it's King Kong versus Godzilla, essentially. For sure, um, I think Victor's probably. My pick at the moment, to be honest with you, given the fact that wow. I'm still slightly concerned about um, Zion's health status, and I feel like I really hope it doesn't happen, and I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like he could become one of these guys who has wasted potential just due to the fact that he might be on the sidelines more than you'd like to see him. Ooh, and it's a big yeah. call because and you know, a big call. at the end of the day, Victor hasn't played one game in the um, NBA league, and Zion, when he's been here, has had a season where he's averaged 27 and he's looked incredible he made it look easy he, he has done that um but you look at you also look at victor and he is an absolute cheat code of human being like <laughs> they've been saying that he's the highest rated and i know they say it really regularly but this is the true one that he's the highest rated prospect i would say since lebron james in 2003 i actually the other so we only got what we're recording this on a sad day I, we mm. got home from our travels on Thursday, Thursday night. Yep. Uh, Friday morning, uh, a little catch up with Mumsy there. Shout out to Mum. Yep. Shout big out. listener of the show. Um, having Brecky, and she even said to me, Oh, have you seen this guy talking about when Did she pronounce the surname correctly? No, I kind of had to, to speak her name. And she's like, Yeah, did you see him? You know, having a crouch to get through airport security and all this, it's blah, blah, blah. Boy. And the fact that even, you know, someone who doesn't really care about basketball, mm. everyone's just gravitating towards this guy because For it sure. is almost like a, not, I don't want to say a freak show, but it's almost like a carnival attraction. It like is. Like it's just something that's not been seen before. He, he, the way he plays, and I know he's not in the NBA yet, but the, what yeah. we've seen of him, the way he plays, he looks like a taller Giannis, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Giannis with a probably more consistent three ball. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to say, his three ball, yeah. God damn, he was like step back corner threes. just Crossing like, blokes over. Crossing blokes over. He's going to be unstoppable. And I just think he's – I'm looking at this from a pure, like, potential. Yeah. I think both of their potentials are through the roof. They're up in the clouds, gone out of orbit. But yeah, I think probably. Victor, just from what I've seen um, prior to his time in the NBA, it just looks like he could be absolutely anything. And That's at scary, his best, he could probably be like a Giannis type oh. with a bit more versatility even, which is just absolutely Absurd. It's scary that this bloke doesn't even really need to jump. Dunk. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, he so doesn't, sick. does he? But How tall I'm, is he? Is he 7'4"? Seven, 7'4", four? Seven, four. Seven, four, I think. Don't Stop quote it. me on that. Um, but I, I, I might even be a little bit more 7'5". And can he you imagine? Shep Holmgren look small. He does. It was that picture with him standing next to Rudy Gobert and he made oh. Rudy Gobert seem like a bloody midget. Yeah, it's that's just so sick. Unreal. Um, but, um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Well, this was a – like, as I as – I, posed this question and wrote it down. I was like, oh, which way do I lean? I I think, oh, damn it. I find this so hard because they're both, uh, honestly, mm. if you look at the top prospects over the course of the last 10 years, they're one and two, you would say. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to say Zion 
just yep. for the fact I've seen what he can do at an NBA level already. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big one. And, and big he's one. so, so dominant. Um, he, I might have lent more towards Wembenyama before Shet Holmgren got injured. Mm. Um, I'm a little bit concerned when you're that tall, I just feel like the margin for error, if you like if you if he goes up and falls, that is a long, long drop. It is a um, long way down. You know, John I know we drop. get we get nervous when we say Ja Morant go up and fall to mm. the ground. But if this guy gets up, shit. Like it's like someone's taking an axe to a bit of bit of uh, a tree there, like <laughs> timber. Yeah. Um so that that makes me nervous. Uh I think they're both gonna be unstoppable forces, but just purely for the track record and uh, I'd lean towards Zion it, at the moment. Isn't it funny, though, like when we're talking about these guys, we automatically as NBA fans go to what the downside might be, like with this kind of thing. Like I was talking about, oh, Zion's injury record so far hasn't been ideal. He was yep. out for the entirety of last season, has an injury-riddled start to last season. You were saying, what if Victor comes tumbling down and, you know, it, it cruels his career forever? Like it's You just, can see a world in here. We're sick people, in the NBA fans. He's in the threes. You could see, depending on what team he goes, a world in which he drops like 25-plus points in his first rookie season. <laughs> yeah, well, no doubt. No and doubt. And then the GOAT talks. From year one, you can see GOAT talks starting to, to like, Come to come to fruition. The way that I see it is, yes, he doesn't have muscle, or he doesn't have as much muscle as he's likely to put on throughout his career. Yeah, yet, yeah, we've seen like Giannis. Just on that comparison, how he bulked up. He's a goddamn monster now. The reason, the one of the reasons that I think he's going to be unguardable from day dot is because he doesn't have to rely on his weight. He doesn't have to. He's not one of these seven four blokes. That sounds ridiculous. Seven four blokes who comes in back has to back down an established veteran in the league and has to work his way in the paint. He's a guy who can just absolutely create havoc for these other big men around the league from outside the arc, which is a huge problem and a huge headache for opposition coaches and players alike. Because I think with Giannis, isn't it? It's taken him a bit of time to establish where he's got it. And Giannis. Don't get Giannis took a while to get going. He he, did. he wasn't a superstar from the get go. So even if Victor came into the league next season and he starts off quite shaky, I think the potential still, given his height, given his skill set, given everything that we've seen of him yeah. so far, I think he's likely to be like he has the potential to be the face of the league. And it's Absolutely. crazy to say that given he hasn't even played a game. Yeah, yet. I know. I know. It's How just, sick is that? Oh, it's ridiculous. That? It's exciting, you know. And we've said it before. This kind of I'm gonna say a line that we've said before it's mm. it's sad to see almost the, the i guess the passing of the torch seeing the lebrons begin to phase out chris paul's kd's steph's etc etc getting onto that back nine now mm. um but the talent we have coming through the lucas the trey youngs the zions the jamarants the wemben yamas now scoot henderson god damn the, the talent that's progressing through is phenomenal it's one of the reasons that you have to love basketball because this this happens regularly like particularly when you've got a guy who's a face of the league like you look at mj mj was a face of the, well you even look before that you look at um you look at magic you look at larry bird and then mj took over yep. then so kobe, kobe Jack took over and then LeBron. LeBron. Yep. and now we've got a whole range of guys who have the potential to take over i think I the league's it. in really really good hands at the moment good for us great it's for us good for you Keep the content good for coming. us good for everyone Love it. We're going to do a bit of a um, double up here because I've got another one um, regarding Zion Williamson Bang, in a similar vein. But um, I'm just curious, given the fact that he has had such a injury-riddled start to his career, Zion, and we, ne- we were talking about how he had the entirety of last season out and it's, it is a concern this early on in his career. If you were the Pelicans, would you rather have sort of like a – semi-regular resting period for Zion Williamson to ensure he stays healthy long-term, which might come at the cost of their regular season record. They might not perform at their capacity given the fact that so they like won't be... Kawhi load management Similar, situation. similar, okay. yeah, yep, like it. that. Yep. yep. Um, and, yeah, you would have to take into account that they're, they're go- not going to be at 100% on a semi-regular basis mm-hmm. as long as he has games off. Or would you rather try and play him... Really, given the fact that he looks probably as physically healthy as he has in some time, he's, yeah. he's certainly um, toned up compared to where he was last last season at times. Would you rather try and play him as much as possible, see how he goes? Obviously, the Pelicans, if all goes well, will be looking at full strength. At full strength, you can see the Pelicans finishing you know, around the 
their fourth, fifth I, mark. I honestly believe their range, if everyone's healthy throughout the season, is probably top one, four. Is is one one to, is one to maybe six. Yeah, and that's saying everything. Like that's how that, high I think that. I honestly would not be surprised if they're healthy and fit and firing, if they finish the one seed. Well, look, the potentials, be, the potentials through the me. roof. Potentials through the roof. They're starting five. Has as much talent. Or has so what do we got? We got CJ. We got, got Ingram. Brandon Ingram, who's we got on Herb that. Jones. Yep. We got Zion, and we got Valentunas. That's a, that is an extremely solid starting five with that's plenty right. of upside still to come. And plenty of depth on the bench as well. Plenty that's, of depth. That's fantastic. So basically, yeah. what you're weighing up is the fact: Do you want to be less than 100% semi regularly throughout the season? Um, and your win loss record probably suffers to it as a result of that. But you've yep. got a healthy or more likelihood of a healthier Zion long term. Would you rather the win loss record throughout the regular season probably improving given the fact that he's out there? Yeah. But the likelihood of him getting another injury due to the fact that he's playing so much. Yeah. Because they're always long seasons, but we've seen so far that he, he succumbs to injuries probably. The average, the average player. Bear. Yeah. Yeah. No, for me, I, I think this is pretty – for me, this feels easy. I would be more cautious with him. Uh, I would look to preserve him more for the playoffs. I think their squad, even – we saw what they were able to take up to the number one seeded Phoenix Suns, mm. um, you know, once he – like he wasn't in the squad. What they were able to achieve without him, I think – and I feel more inclined to rest him more so after the CJ McCollum trade – is it because they've got the existing track record, like the, without the, the track records there? Mm, yeah, and I think yeah. having him is just a bonus. I think that, like, regardless, I would say they're going to be in the playoffs. So I think when it when push comes to shove, you want him healthy in the playoffs. If that means no taking doubt. a few nights off in the regular season, so be, so it. be it. It's like a quiet situation. Like you don't mind resting him because you know uh, PG Reggie Jackson, their plethora of other players mm. are going to be able to carry them to a playoff a playoff berth. Yes. Yeah. Um, but when you really want him there, like he's going to show up, and I think the same bears true to Zion. Uh, and I don't know about you, but like yeah. I think particularly given the fact that these days within uh, the NBA has included the playing competition, I think even if they finish hypothetically, even though I think even without him they'd probably finish with inside the eight, even if they finished around that nine ten mark, oh. they're still in the picture. And if that's Imagine when you having a team coming. Coming up and you're in the play and you've you've busted. Your ass. Let's, <laughs> let's say just for the purpose of yeah. conversation, mm. a Sacramento Kings. Mm. They finish the tenth seed. They get matched up against the ninth ninth seeded Pelicans. They yep. just completely bottom out and they finish ninth. Imagine the Sacramento Kings coming up against that squad. Always better go back to Sacktown, even with Delhi, and that's saying something. They are going to get absolutely sacked. Tapped. Yes, absolutely. Um, yep. Zion's going to shit on them. No worries, Zill. I would. To be honest, I, I think they're one of the best starting fives in the league. Mm, mm. Uh, without doing a whole ranking chart of it all, they are up there with one of the best. Yep. So, so for you, it's a bit I, of a I would preserve him. Yeah, yeah, and I think I'm with you. I can see, I can certainly see upsides to both because I think at the end of the day, what gets you across the line is he's still very early within his career. Let's do an over under then on yeah. that, just to okay. tie off what you've said there. Let's say, oh, not an over under. I reckon if he plays. 60 games, so 75% just tick under. That's awesome. I think oh, yeah, I'd be happy with that. I yeah. reckon that's a big win. Um, Particularly know, coming off a season that, where he didn't play any. Yeah, that, that's no injury. So if he has a healthy season, if he can play 75% to 80% of games, I reckon happy days. I'm with you. Yep. Two thumbs up. Beautiful. Mm. Uh, let's push ahead. We've, I've got another one here for you, and it's one I know we spoke about a little bit off air. Mm. I'll ask it nevertheless because we had our conversation mm. Um, after I, I wrote this down, um, but would you rather play Russell Westbrook as a starter or off the bench? Now, this comes off the back of what Darvin Ham did today in their preseason mm. game against the Kings, which they got absolutely pummeled. Uh, they were down by, I think, 39 at three-quarter mm. time. Yeah. Preseason, I know, but nevertheless, not great for the optics that we so love. <laughs> Um, but so they started Westbrook off the bench now, mm-hmm. and this is a point that Ham they've spoken about looking to maybe play him almost as a quarterback off the bench. Yep. Let him play freer. Let him play faster. Let him have to not worry about playing off ball as much because the ball's going to be on in his hands on the second unit. For sure. For sure. Where do you sit on this one? Do you think start Westbrook or bench Westbrook? 
I think we saw last season that starting Westbrook did not work. It did not work for them. I'm not. I'm by no means saying that he was the reason why they finished as low as they did because it was a combination of things. And I think probably Anthony Davis not being out there was probably the biggest one of them all. I don't honestly just as a like I don't actually know how that happened that we didn't even finish in the goddamn playoffs <laughs> yeah, it with was... AD with Westbrook with LeBron. LeBron. What the hell? Like that? That's disgusting. Yeah, I was... don't want to talk on it too much because it's going to make me upset. And it's going to make <laughs> we'll, me angry. We'll move on pretty quickly, but then, won't we? <laughs> granted, like, I know that's, what you mean. Yeah. That's sick. It is sick. Yeah, it shouldn't have happened, but I'm probably a little too reliant on too few, unfortunately. Um, I think in this scenario, though, I'm willing, given what I've seen last season, to trial Russell Westbrook off the bench. I think if you're the Lakers, you can't run it back. You cannot have Russell Westbrook starting again. And we know we speak about we always speak with Russell Westbrook um about his what he's achieved in his career. He's a MVP. He's a guy who's averaged triple doubles in multiple seasons. And yep. that's all well and good, but that isn't the Russell Westbrook that the Lakers need to succeed. I don't think he's the guy who should be starting for them. And we saw. Um, I think. I think Darvin Ham got asked um, before or after this game. What? What? Essentially, what is with this Russell Westbrook role? And he said, yes. "It's not a demotion. It's a realignment." <laughs> so I think he, he he's seen That's classic what, business talk. Isn't it's, it? Yeah, it is. It's a textbook. It's a political answer. Oh, but yeah. I think. I think at the same time, Darvin Ham, like the rest of us in the NBA community, has seen. The Lakers pretty much fall apart, mm. given you know the current the roster that they had last season. Yeah, and Russell Westbrook at the starting point guard position um, did not help their cause whatsoever. Um, I think Russell Westbrook coming off the bench will be great. I yeah. think I think him leading that second unit, oh. he he will absolutely destroy at least from an athletic and from a runs on the board um, standpoint. The opposition point guard in most cases, um, the the team that they come up against. So, I'm really happy to see him come off the bench. If he's if he has, and it still might play out that he starts some games this year. But yeah. I think more often than not, I want him to start on the bench, and um, I think that's what the Lakers need going forward. I'm really interested to see what you think, though, as a as a Lakers fan. I like for me. I I think with uh, I always go to say Russell Westbrook, <laughs> Russell Westbrook. I think almost gets hated on too much. Um, oh, no I think doubt. he's almost the scapegoat a lot of the time, and I just don't know if that's the way he conducts himself, whether the public's got this perception and it's just... Why you do know. you think that is? Um, Why do you think that perception has been created? Because there was a point in time where he certainly wasn't the scapegoat. Is, was it because he's had such a sudden drop-off in performance? But his, his stats, if you look at his stats, are still right up there. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean... I I'm think sort of actual... Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Um, yeah. I'm just maybe, talking about in comparison in, to like his absolute yeah. prime. You can't play your prime forever. No, it, it has been quite a, quite a sudden drop off. drop off. Yeah, I, I, I think it's probably due to the fact that, especially when he was with OKC and things of the kind, getting all the triple doubles, things of the kind, it didn't actually amount to success for the team. Mm. Um, so I think people started to almost undervalue what he was actually doing on a night to night basis. Seen as stat padding, seen as ball hogish, mm. you know, etc. But it's still crazy to think just quickly though, because he he, he was an MVP. Oh, yeah, he was exactly. the most valuable player on that team, still doing that. Exactly. So how empty can those stats league. be? hundred yeah. percent. Um, and I think it's almost like a snowball effect. Mm-hmm. And we see this in everyday life, in just any walk of life. Once something gains a little bit of traction. Yes, it, yeah. it grows exponentially, and I think that hate for Westbrook has, particularly once the media gets a hold of it as well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, uh, for me, in terms of this actual question, whether start or bench Westbrook, um, I think for mo- a lot of teams out there, I, th- I still think he's a starting level caliber yeah. point guard. I yep. still think he could absolutely start on a lot of teams. Don't disagree. I think for the Lakers, just with the way their roster's constructed, and especially having LeBron one of the most gifted players of all time, one of the most ball-dominant players of all mm-hmm. time, having AD who's starting to, you know, probably take that ascendancy as that number one guy, I I honestly think it will really benefit Westbrook. Mm. And especially in the back half of his career, if he embraces this now, I think he'll be able to flourish. Mm. I think having, mm. as I said, and what Ham said, wanting him to play freer, wanting him to play faster, not having to worry about playing off-ball as much. Yep. Yep. I think it ties in perfectly with Westbrook. He's still going to get ample minutes. It's like it's kind of like Tyler Harrow. 
He's coming off the bench, but he gets everything and anything he wants. Yeah, he does. I think Westbrook could kind of be similar. And as 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 Ham as Ham <laughs> said, playing that kind of quarterback role for the second unit, he's going to be able to set the tempo, set the pace, bring that intensity. And I think that's something that the Lakers need. Uh, it's going to enable on the starting side of things, uh, LeBron to have more touches, mm. AD to have more touches. Mm. All those guys, they're not going to have to share the ball as much and be so... Um, you know, kind of pass first orientated. And don't get me wrong, that Pat Bev acquisition was huge, and I think huge. it will be huge for them. But if you're an opposition um, coach, how worried, how concerned and worried are you when you see Russell Westbrook as a starting PG oh. off the bench as opposed to Pat Bev? I think Russell Westbrook's going to create headaches off the bench. And yeah. if he starts off the bench, he could be like a six-man-of-the-year candidate oh, easily. Without a doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. I tell you what, look at the odds there. I reckon that could be a real sleeper pick. <laughs> that might shorten up, yeah. Um, but I, I think bench him as well. And I think it'll be for the best of him and for the team. Yep, I'm with you. Beautiful, mate. Here's one for you. So we've seen, particularly over the last few seasons, Ronnie James has had a heap of highlights on the internet it was always going to happen. As soon as LeBron had a son, he was always going to go down the basketball path and he yep. was always going to get a lot of attention. But more recently, his other son, Bryce James, has got a hell of a lot of attention. And people are saying it's been sort of widely agreed that maybe Bryce has a bit more actual basketball potential than Bronny James does, despite yeah. Bronny's large following, larger yeah. following than, than Bryce. He's more publicised. I think, it, what did they say? He wants it more, Bronny, but yeah. Bryce is more talented. Yes. Yeah. So this brings me to my question. If you're an NBA scout and these blokes are on offer, are you going with Bronny James or would you rather select Bryce James? <laughs> okay. Um, what? Okay. I've got an answer for you and I'll tie it to a, a quote because sure. I love my quote. We love doing this. Time. You love doing this, should I say. Um, was it how hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard? I love it. Yep. So, so your answer is? Bronny. Bronny. Just for the pure fact that I think if he wants it more, he's going to be more committed to really go for it. Now, mm. for everything we've seen at Bryce so far, which for some people might be limited. Um, he might want it. I'm not saying he doesn't. Um, he probably does. He wants mm. the big big bloody bag that comes with it, <laughs> yes. as everyone would. He's been accustomed to the bag over the course of his life. Bag. Um, but I think Bronny, just for the way, it really looks as if he's hungry. Mm. He mm. really looks to be putting in work. He's really looking to get after it. I would lean towards him. Just for that fact, and I, as I said, I tie it back to that quote, hard work beats talent mm. when talent doesn't work hard. Um, I I would lean towards Bronny, just for that pure fact. This is a really tricky one for me because I, I completely understand where you're coming from, but I think we also need to take into account that Bryce is a few years younger than Bronny, so he probably is not as a growth spurt. Growth spurt. He's already 6'6", oh, six, six, mate. He's, he, he's he, a big boy. He went from... I, I won't give you the measurement, but he went from about here to here very, very quickly. He's a, he's a huge boy, and, he, and it, happened, it happened overnight, it yeah. seemed. Um, eating his veggies, it's key. Eating his veggies, getting that broccoli Favorite veggie into for you? Favourite veggie. Uh, potato? I was about to say yeah. the hack answer. Same yeah, thing, it is. I was going to say that as it's well. It's a real beige, basic answer, but, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's mine. Um, you can mash it, chip it, bloody fry it. Oh, mate, the variations that you can do yeah, with the old potato it. through the roof. But, um, yeah, I think um, I honestly – and it might be an unpopular opinion. I think I would go with, by the time they're up for draft age, yeah. I think I'd go with Bryce James, just given the fact that I think he looks more to me an NBA-ready player. I was about to say, so you're saying Bronny, his trajectory is kind of like this, which is great. Yep. Which is good. He's yeah, growing, which is, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yep. But Bryce, maybe starting from a little bit further back, but mm. he's going to shoot past. For sure, for sure. And I think if you're an NBA scout, you're looking at the both of those guys and you're thinking, which guy can probably, you know, who can who can have a legitimate NBA career, even if he's like a solid role player? And I think probably Bryce James is more likely than than Bronny James. And I think I, I certainly take into account what you were saying, Nick, because I think um, sometimes it does come down to who wants it more. And yeah. um, I think at at the at the current stage, Bronny James probably does want it more, but he's also a bit older and a bit closer to the reality of that happening. Yeah. Once Bryce James gets to, you know, draft age, with a few more years of 
playing under his belt. I think he's already above where Bronny would likely be taking in the draft. Gee, and I think well, you couldn't ask for a better coach, could you? <laughs> you Jeez. honestly couldn't. Far out. Yeah. You've got arguably the greatest player of all time. Yeah, Michael Jordan fans might not be happy about that one, but you've got arguably yep. that player as as the guy who you've been looking up to for your entire life. And I yeah, tell you what, I'd love to see him face up against each other. I oh, mate. It'll become yeah. a reality very, very soon. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's a tricky one. Fire it out. It is a tricky I'd one. I'd love to know what people think on the We might have to standpoint. put that up as a yeah. poll. Who would you rather have going forward? Would you rather have Bryce James or Bronny James? Who you got? Let more us know. People, people would probably know Bronny James more Absolutely. given his following. Yeah. I was checking before the pod. He's got about six, over six mil followers, whereas Bryce has got one, one bit bit over one meal. So more yeah, people a, know yeah, about Bronny. What but, a pleb. Only, yeah. only one, <laughs> only one, the one meal. Yeah. What a loser. Who would have thought? Wow. But, um, yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Mate, I tell you what, I've had an absolute blast doing these. We had, it's been great. We we agreed with a few. We disagreed with a few. Mm-hmm. Heap of fun. Guys, as as always, be sure to let us know what you thought of these um, these questions, these who would you rather or would you rathers. Uh, mm-hmm. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Uh, let us know your thoughts. We we love hearing them, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Always that, open to talk ball with you, you suckers out there who listen to us. Even if you rip into us, which a few of you do, but yeah. we love it. We, we can take it, it on the chin, as always. We can, yeah, yeah. We we can take it. We'll serve it right back. I was about to say the box of tissues beside the bed, crying <laughs> at night. Oh, they hate us. They <laughs> don't yeah, like yeah. what we're saying. No, no, never. we can take Couldn't it. Happen. So be sure to stay up to date, guys. Let us know. Stay up to date with all of our socials: Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok, especially. Especially as the NBA season starts next week. Please do. Please do. Like, in all seriousness. As we said, like, we've said quite extensively extensively between the two of us and to you guys as well, probably, this is going to be our biggest and best season yet. So we certainly appreciate you guys being on the journey with us. Uh, We'll be sure to be your outlet for all the news, all the uh, talking points from throughout the league, um, as well as tuning in next week for our new episode, the NBL Focus Show, um, bringing you all the news from the NBL. Um, and as we said, it's certainly it's growing at a rate of knots. It's quite phenomenal the way the league's just just taken flight. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 just gaining more and more popularity, particularly given that Adelaide 36ers team took over the Phoenix Suns. A lot of people sort of opened their eyes Huge. up and thought, oh, they've got a few decent squads down there. Can I just say as well, this episode's quite refreshing just for the fact I you may have seen and on our socials the other week the real um, that was put up regarding the hiccups. Oh, I, mate. I tell you what, it is, it, you know, I know it was only one episode, but it's so just freeing yes. not having to worry about that. It's When you had it, it was you could tell that it was debilitating to it you. Was, you, you. You just, every sentence you you said, you thought it was just on the horizon of And even as I said, out, like, I might have been saying a really serious, really, you know, thought out good point. <laughs> And it loses all credibility, it all does. weight, just for the fact you're hiccuping halfway through it. Could you imagine? I'd love to see Stephen A. Smith on a big oh. rant, just angry rant, potentially about New York and their failures, which seems to be a common topic over the last Absolutely. decade. And in the middle, yep. Imagine that. Oh, That's priceless. Please, please can I see that, Stephen A. I, I don't think anyone could actually hold it together. It's, it's no easy feat. There's no good way around it. So I certainly appreciate being back to uh, 100% this week. No, glad to have you back. I hope Lee's doing well. Absolutely, mate. Shout out to Having Lee. Having back next week, hopefully. Hell of an episode this week, guys. Certainly looking forward to everything that the NBA season is going to hold. It's going to be a massive one. We can't wait to speak to you next week with all the news regarding the opening few games. Till then, guys, have a great week and enjoy everything that basketball has to offer.